Well, good evening, friends and other people. <laughs> and enemies. <laughs> and frenemies. What does Trump say? That the haters and the the haters and the losers? You guys can come too. Uh, there's no haters or losers. I don't know what I'm saying. Hi. Welcome it's to long <laughs> Yeah. Welcome to uh chat on education live. As you can see, it's gonna be a good night. <laughs> We have. Uh, it's gonna be a good one. It is. It is. We can all hear Glenn tonight, which is ex- exciting because he's got a boosty booster on his microphone now. So that's exciting. Uh, big news in the world of Glenn Irvin, by the way. Just like an hour ago. <laughs> Super nerd news. Tell us. Nerd alerts. Yeah, really. I I just made legend in Hearthstone. <laughs> and there we go. And for, and for Glenn's uh, in Glenn's uh, nerd gaming world. That is an excessive amount of time spent on a game that was built for children. <laughs> a digital card game for children that's uh, sure. built upon the same concepts as Pokemon, just so you know. <laughs> but I am legend now. and uh, You are legend now. You're very no good at it. Take that away from me now. <laughs> I saw uh, that so Chris, Chris Avila's replied to you. He's a he's legend he's really good. status as, as well. Yes. Yes, he is awesome. I'll tell you, Chris. it takes a lot of work. <laughs> it takes a, a, I don't know if it's work or waste of time. <laughs> it was but your life mission. Yes. Yeah. 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 It, it, was, it was very fun. Do. My kids were around me. My youngest son told me uh, as, as I was approaching this last game, he's like, Pops, it's okay if you lose. Uh-huh. You're going to be okay. You know, <laughs> just. It, it's not about getting legend. It's just about having fun or something like that. I'm like, it's like shut up, kid. <laughs> Where are you getting? <laughs> so they celebrated with me, both of my sons. So that was hilarious. So I guess that's a that's a positive moment there. So was this like the Rocky movie? Like was one putting a towel around your back and like massaging your sh- shoulders? Yes. And was yes. it? I I just wanted to visualize. Yeah, just like. <laughs> <laughs> wiping up the sweat <laughs> cleaning me up it's no, were, okay. were you nervous did you like were you like was it intense it was intense yes and yeah no i mean the the leading up to it was intense i actually didn't even want to play anymore because there's you you get up to legend or you get up to rank one and then you still have to win a certain number of games so i was like i'm so tired of losing after i get up to one and i i finally passed the threshold and now i can move on to farming simulator or some other game (laughs) in the super nerd world (laughs) so if you're if you're watching at at home uh first um uh why no hi everybody thank you uh for spending your friday night lord knows you got nothing else to do but um (laughs) thank you anyways um feel free to to weigh in or chat with us or comment uh there's like we're we're streaming on twitch but we're also streaming on uh the on education youtube channel and on the participate facebook channel tonight so um we're basically everywhere you can't go on the internet without finding the five of us tonight so good luck so creepy imagine that you have to turn the tv on you're like what is going on we're just just everywhere Wait, why is this guy talking everywhere. about a children's we're like, game? Is this like the new State of the Union address and we're on all three channels? 
Congrats on legendary status from oh Audrey is watching on Twitch. She's hey. I, I don't know why she's not in the damn room, but you know whatever. Because she's she's got stuff us. to do. Yeah. People got stuff to do. Uh who would have thought? Um, so thanks for watching, everybody. Um it, we we did come up with some ideas and questions about things to talk about, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, what else should we mention? Oh, well, so we passed a hundred thousand downloads yesterday on the podcast. A hundred, a hundred freaking thousand. Insane. Big number. I feel like that's a big number. I don't know what other podcasts, how many downloads other podcasts get. I, I, I think it shows two things, longevity and then obviously consistent view, you know, consistent listeners, sorry, mm. um, which is fantastic i mean that's like what you want you know it's it's what what you want as far as when you do something like this so i think it's freaking awesome yeah hey tisha thanks for watching welcome 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 um yeah it's pretty exciting um you know and most of that's come in the last year um you know the last year has been uh been huge we've had some really good months uh pre pre covid <laughs> months were really really good uh and then you know when people stopped getting in their damn cars it it it, it tapered it tapered off a little bit um but uh but it's been it's been not so bad the last uh couple weeks um but i i think i agree with glenn that um you know you get out what you put in uh to things in almost every case i guess and um you know, I think uh, we've all I mean, some of us are kind of kind of new to the to the team like like Diana, but like Dave and Mel have been working hard and like helping us out and doing lots of real like uh, I, I realized just the other day that you guys have been with us for just over over a year already. No. I think. No, I don't. I, I think I, it was, think it was coming August. Up on a year. But yeah, we're, it's coming I up think on we're a year. coming up on a year. Yeah. Um, I, I think that we can take all the claim to fame for boosting those numbers up past a hundred thousand though. I mean, I mean that... it's, it's not causality, but it's a strong correlation. Oh God. There's definitely no coincidence. Yeah. Not at all. There's, there's definitely no coincidence. Um, uh, so thanks to everybody who watches and listens and um, weighs in. And, and I'm, I'm really excited still about, um, you know, things like this, to be honest, like, I never thought that this is something we would be doing. Um, but it, it seems actually pretty natural to me, uh, this conversation. Uh, and it's funny because I come into it pretty tired. Uh, it's Friday night. It's the end of the week and I'm working like crazy and we're all working like crazy, uh, especially right now and in the midst of a pandemic. But um, I come in tired, but I leave pretty happy that I was here and got to talk with you with you all and 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 got to you know see people watching like tisha and and others that are watching us live right now and hopefully weigh in on some of these conversations we're about to have so um yeah no it's been a it's been a good ride and i i think that we still got we still got we still got lots of room to grow mm -hmm. um yeah. gonna hit that lots one million. Of, i would love <laughs> I could I would be beside myself if we got to a million downloads. We gotta go to seven digits there. One million's oh, gotta boy. be I mean, 
that's it's a, not out a, of the a, realm. No, no, and that's an. I would think that that would be an elite class of educational podcasts. I just say that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like how many of them have hit that much? Um, I don't know, but I I think that we could do it, Mike. We know. might be like seventy years old, but we're gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> we do it. We'll be doing this. That you know, it'll be funny. Is when we get to like eight hundred thousand, and we're like, we're in our like fifties, and we're like, oh my god, I just want to be done with this. But oh my god, we're so we close. Gotta hit a million. We gotta keep going. <laughs> right. And that, you get to a point where you can't stop because you're so close to the to the number. Oh yeah. my god. You do know when you hit a million, then you're legend status. Oh, just like in Hearthstone. So at one million, that's it. One million's legend. Then you can just stop. We that's why you're here. It. That's why you're here, Mel. Yeah. Just to tie it all together. <laughs> just to bring it all, all cohesive. Like, very good. Hey, Diana's first blog post got published this week. Yes, Fantastic. and it was really damn good. Oh, thank you. Woo you say 50 like it's old. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I don't comment on that. Young. I actually am getting close to 52. <laughs> like, I was just thinking about it. I was like, oh, shit. Crap. Glenn, when I'm do like, you turn I'm gonna 40? Be, I'm going to be 45 <laughs> this year. So I'm like, oh, that's uh, not that far away, actually. <laughs> so I guess five years. Funny. We could do it in five years. Let's do this. <laughs> in five years? I think we could do it we in can five years. Let's do it. Wild. Yeah. Um, So this, this um, blog post was really good. So yeah. why don't you, uh, Diana, why don't you kind of give us kind of the blog post 101 to start and then maybe we'll, because I'm, I'm not going to show it on the on the screen, yeah. but you should go read it. Uh, so if you go to, you know, on education.com uh, and, and click on the blog um, or maybe the link that that someone is about to post in the chat any minute now, it wasn't me, but someone's going to do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to get uh, it to Twitter first. Dave. I had to get it to Twitter awesome. first. I was it's looking at Dave. I'm like, Dave, Dave, Dave. Come on, Dave. Big you have one job. <laughs> well, now I've got three <laughs> platforms to manage. I got a, We have a YouTube channel that's new to God. Facebook. So there's Dave. Dave is clutch with the blog article. Yes. So you could go look at the oh. blog post. But give us give us the, the summary, uh, Diana. Well, I... The long or your the, thoughts, yeah. Yeah. The, what prompted me to 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 write that, and and full transparency, I actually wrote it a little bit a little while ago for another purpose, and then just revised it for this purpose. But what actually prompted me to write it was all of the cliche terms that people have started using in education lately, and calling uh, calling educators rock stars, and. Um, when Audrey wrote on the blog from last week about how you, if you put some people on a pedestal, then if you put all of your everything, if you trust in humans, like you're, you're waiting on humans to, uh, to do whatever, then you're likely to get disappointed. And mm -hmm. I thought, well, you know, that's, that's exactly what I mean by, by this uh, crazy thing that we're going through calling everybody a rock star because I went into education. And I'm sure all of you all are the same way. All of us went into education to make a difference. Mm -hmm. Like I don't think any of us went into this profession to 
you know, be championed as the, the high person on that pedestal. And so I think part of it is also fear of failure. If you think about that, if somebody starts calling you a rock star, it's a lot to live up to. And so there are a lot of ideas and emotions that I put into that piece. But the bottom line was, is how can we lead others um, in this crazy time that we're going through to uh, use some good leadership tips and remember that that not everybody, that calling people a, a rock star, you're bound to leave out others who have just as much contribution. And I'll tell you one thing that that this happened in a in a discussion group in my district back in the fall. And uh, there was a, a young teacher who's 20, she's the same age as my daughter, so she's 29. And she's been teaching, you know, a few years. And um, she made a point that I had not thought about at all for that age group. And she said, you know, all the, she said, all the teachers who like to post on Twitter, they just seem to get all the attention. And she said, for me, posting on Twitter is like I'm bragging. And I, and that's just not me. So I don't like to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of resonated with me is that how we give accolades to all the people who self-promote in a way. And, uh, and then we might overlook the people who work just as hard and make just as good contributions. But that's, that's kind of the nuts and bolts of that article. I mean, we know that there's a lot of great teachers that aren't on Twitter, obviously. I mean, I I actually, I remember early on, Glenn, I got pushed back by saying that most teachers aren't on Twitter or something like that. That was a statement you made. And it was like, First of all, it's it's backed up by facts. Everybody, it's, I mean, I don't there are even eight know million what, what, teachers in North it, America. It was like it was like there was going to be this argument about that. There was almost everybody was. It's like no, they are not using that. This, I mean, if you wanted to say a huge chunk of teachers are on Facebook, let's say that's probably correct. I, I maybe would say you you might be able to get yeah a 25%, 30% of of educators in the United States or North America, whatever, might be on Facebook. I think the percentage on Twitter is actually 10. really small. 10%. Maybe. 10, maybe the even, most. I don't even. Smaller. Oh. I think even smaller. Yeah, I was thinking more like 5% or less. That, so that, but, that so that we know counts. that there's like way more teachers than 10% that are awesome teachers. So, I mean, there's lots of teachers out there that aren't getting like and even the teachers. There are tons of teachers on Twitter that have like no followers and aren't sharing um, because they just don't want like like what Diana just said. And and actually, to be honest, you know, Cheryl is one of them. Cheryl's an amazing kindergarten teacher and Mm -hmm. she's being recognized by her school board and her district as being a leader um, at at, at in a lot of ways. And her principals are like putting her name out for like you know, accolades and all this stuff. But she, I mean, have you seen a tweet from her at all? <laughs> the, the one thing I, I made her tweet the other day because she came up with this like really cool e- real life coding uh, example for kindergarten kids. Mm. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? If you don't tweet, you got to tweet that. Like people got to see this idea so that they can like learn from you. So I, I literally like had to like force her to tweet it. But like there's tons of teachers that aren't doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was wondering for the rest of you guys when, when and if you're actually called rock star, because it happens a lot. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's just like a thing that's, and people are meaning it as 
most of the time is a compliment. I got a. Uh, yeah, they do I, mean it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think most of the time it's a. It's like they're trying to be complimentary. Um, but I've also seen some things where, like, somebody might do a backhanded comment of saying, like, uh, there was a, a a gentleman who called me a poster child for Schoology, right? Um, and it was, and he was doing it as a backhanded comment because he was saying that because I participated in this webinar thing that they invited me to do that I was, I was their poster child. So I was responsible because Schoology went down right away at the beginning of this, uh, uh, at the beginning of all, all this online mm -hmm. learning that happened. Yes. And, and basically it, it turned into this kind of back and forth thing where I just was like, okay, first of all, I'm not the poster child. I'm not an employee of theirs. If I've right. done some things that I think would help other teachers, and I think there is some, I, I would have to say that I admit that there's some self-promotion though. So there is some of that, you know, as far as some of that stuff where you're posting some things or you're putting some things on, on Twitter or uh, for me on YouTube to be able to share lessons or whatever it might be. In a way, I, I mean, ultimately my goal was to share things to help other people. But there is some stuff where I'm like, I could see where I, I come off as self-promoting, you know, because I think other people and, and I try not to be that person, but I'm sure that I do sometimes. And like, for example, today, Power School posted this thing about this, pulled a clip of my webinar. They didn't ask me for it. They just they have permission. You know, they they get your voice on their channel and they can use it for whatever they want. And they tagged me and my school district in this quote that I made. And I was like, oh, my God, because I didn't even know what part of the webinar, you know, it was like a one hour webinar. And I don't know what part it actually was. And I thank God what I said was actually something that sounded halfway intelligent. <laughs> but it actually talked about our school district and it tagged our school district. And I'm like, oh, God. Uh, but all of this, going back to that rock star thing. It is an interesting thing, and I think it's thrown around a lot. So I, I really did enjoy reading the article, and I I think the the part that I took from the most is what I said on the podcast, which was I need to really think about those people who aren't the loudest, you know, that aren't the the people right in front of your face, and and really try to make sure that we listen to their voices, number one, but also try to encourage them to continue on and say, hey, you know what, you're kicking butt as a teacher, and you don't have to be on Twitter or whatever. Right. And Audrey brings up a good point in the chat here too. And I think it piggybacks with Glenn's comment about listening. We have teachers on our staff, just like our students too, who some of them enjoy being recognized in front of the group or being recognized in the community. And some don't. Mm -hmm. Some just want to do what they do and be awesome at it, but they're doing it for the sake of their kids and they don't want that public recognition. So as leaders, we need to be aware of those teachers and, you know, have those conversations with them because we want them to be just as comfortable as the ones who are, I hate to say self-promoting because honestly, I've, gotten so many great ideas off of teachers posting stuff on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm, I don't want that listeners to, to 
come away thinking that that's necessarily a negative thing. It's just that I think some teachers are, are more comfortable sharing and yes. some teachers aren't. And do, do you do you. Well, I think the difference in sharing and self-promoting and I, and I don't have an example. I just, mm -hmm. I'm just saying that, you know, the, that I've gotten excellent ideas also on Twitter and, and I don't, I don't even, I can't even think of anyone in, in my head right now that I would consider to be a self promoter. But um, I think that there, I think that it's the whole edu celebrity. That was our last, last discussion. Mm -hmm. It's that thing. And for me personally, that blog came from a part where I don't want to be called a rock star because I'm afraid I'm going to disappoint somebody. Like, you know, mm -hmm. if you put me on this pedestal and then I do something that, disappoints you, then that will make me feel bad. So for me, it was a lot of personal and trust me, some of the stuff I wrote in there, I'm guilty of. And uh, mm. yeah. Hey, Mike, I was thinking about this one as far as self-promoting. What do you guys think about the hashtags that are created, right? And they're not like hashtag chat on education or, or whatever it might be as far as some kind of something that's actually being put out there, but a hashtag that's being used by a edu celebrity let's say that they created based upon their self-promotion brand do you know what i'm talking about i can yes. think of a couple of them out yes. there right now that like ditch specific... something or no but see i would say maybe those ditch whatever might be aren't the because there's a there's an actual the product maybe maybe that's part of it too you know but, but i wouldn't actually you know, consider a lot of those that, but there's some, some that have it a specific word or phrase that becomes part of every single tweet that they send out. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It happens a lot on, on, uh, edge Twitter and it's, it's basically associated with a specific, you know, hashtag and that person. Now everything is like that. So what do you guys, what do you think about that as far as people using those types of things? I know that happens quite a bit. I mean, it's marketing, right? I mean, yes. I, so for some of these folks and I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not one of them. I have a job and it's not my full-time job to do speaking. And the podcast isn't a full-time job for any of us. And um, it, so I I look at the buy for all of this and and this is consistent with me I think I think I'm consistent on this and whether it's you know the people we call rock stars or the people we call edu celebrities or the people that have hashtags for their personal brands I'm still evaluating their body of work I'm still looking at what they I don't give a damn what you say I'm looking at what you do mm. especially now like I am so right now in my professional life i'm like you know show me don't don't tell me i i've gone to like even even to the point where um i was showing uh noah geisel the other day that i i've created um on tweet deck i've gotten rid of the the main feed on twitter uh, where I see kind of everyone that I follow is tweets, which is kind of what your mm -hmm. default thing is that you see. And I've created a list and it's called focus. And 
it it's it's fairly small it's probably got about 40 people on it you guys are all on it by the way <laughs> made <laughs> but, the <laughs> you made the list um but it's called focus and it's it's the people that uh whose body of work i respect and what i'm looking for there is for um you know if there's work that's being done by other people that I'm not paying attention to consistently on Twitter, that's going to rise in my feed as retweets and replies by these 40 or so people. And then I'm going to start paying attention because I'm really looking at what you've done. I'm, I'm, I'm so done with people talking about doing things and talking about how freaking great they are and talking about, all of this other stuff. It's it's like, just stop talking to me and show me what you've done. I'm over here working my ass off to do things. And I just want to see other people like, and so, yeah, maybe I self-promote a little bit. Um, but listen, I'm trying to do stuff and I'm trying to help people. And um, so, you know, I don't care if you are like, like this idea that people use edgy celebrity as a pejorative um whatever um really i I mean people are famous because they're popular and if you're popular because you do good work then i'm cool with that you know all the power to you if you have if you have two hundred thousand twitter followers because you kick ass then that's awesome and i you know i'm probably one of those two hundred thousand followers um if you if you listen, if you have like, and there are people who have 80, 90, 100,000 Twitter followers, and their Twitter feeds are BS, just ridiculousness. Not, not like hot takes, but just dumb stuff. That, it, and there's, there's, there's one or two. I'm going here. There's one or two that I, I, I don't, Do I, I'm really close. <laughs> I don't follow them. And like, because, because they're, they're, it's just, it's nonsense. And so it's like, do, do the work and earn it. Earn being called an edgy celebrity. Um, earn being called, you know, a rock star. Um, and, you know, um, for me, I, I'm exactly the way, and Glenn would know, Glenn you know, a lot of you guys have been around me enough personally. I'm exactly the way here as generally I am like in person. I, sure. I'm a little more obnoxious <laughs> right now at this very moment, but generally speaking, <laughs> but generally speaking, I, 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 I'm on, like, if you don't like me here, then you won't like me in person. And I'm, I, I sleep fine. Generally no, speaking, no, I don't. <laughs> no you don't. but it's for other reasons. No, <laughs> this is not, not that. This is not keeping me up at night. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Lots of other things are. Right. Uh, you got more questions? There we go. No. <laughs> now that I've now that I've completely done that, a whole rant. We're done, eh? <laughs> oh Let's gosh. talk about course schedules for next fall. What will they look like? Will we see more block scheduling? I think we're going to see more than block scheduling. Uh, but what do we think? What do we think? I think we're going to see flexibility and people being very uncomfortable with what we don't know until we know it. 
And the question is, when are we going to know it? And who makes that decision? I was just on a call this week with a organizing body that is very, very high up in where you would think the decision would come from. And the person who was there from the department said, oh, we're not making that decision. We're letting local authority make most of those decisions. We'll give some guiding documents. And have you seen our guiding documents? They're really long. So we really don't wanna give too many guiding documents because we wanna make sure that you value what we give you. And I was like, everyone's waiting for you to make that decision on what is happening with all K-12 schools. They're talking about like, uh, like a department of education, like a, de- like a that, department that, of education, like, like one of those big, high level big, authority yeah. that should be making those kinds of things. Well, or that but... the perception, the perception is yeah. they should be making it. Like people are leaning on them to say something, Yeah. but here in Minnesota, like we have full local authority on so much of what's done. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they can actually tell us what will be required but rather give us stipulations of if you're doing this, this is what attendance needs to look like, or here are special ed supports that you must provide, or here's the new version of the MCA that will be, I don't know, proctored on a crappy Chromebook from a crappy internet. Well, and I'm not sh- I'm not saying that the decision should be completely up to local authorities, but I'm really supportive of not all schools in the state need to follow the same decision because when you're dealing with a lot of states and i mean honestly at least probably half the states or most of the states in the western u.s you're going to have a lot of geographical differences and you know here in nebraska and i know it's the same in minnesota and i'm sure it's the same in lots of states we live two hours from walmart mm. we <laughs> we're You're pretty remote, remote yeah. so we maybe sh- don't need to follow the same regulations as omaha who has you know eight high schools with two thousand students apiece i don't know if that's exactly right but should the de- Department of Education have the same policies and decisions for both sets of schools? I would say no. I mean, we also have high schools that have 11 graduates just about 40 miles down the road from here. Yeah. They're going to have different policies and guidelines to follow than my school where we have between 40 and 50 graduates. That's a good point. Because Kentucky's the same way, because where I live in Kentucky, we're really part of the greater Cincinnati area. And so our population is a lot more um, is a lot pop, more populous than where I grew up in Kentucky, which is very remote county. And, you know, you're, you're exactly right there. There they live in far on farms and far away from each other. And their rules might not be the same as ours. And it's not just it's not just like block scheduling and you know there's a lot of other things that we're going to see related to course schedules um you know and course content and um you know like um I think it's come up before about a- like absenteeism for example is going to be normal 
Like that is going to be a regular occurrence. Your kids will not be in school and and uh, or other kids will like your students will not be in school. And um, uh, and we need to make incredible amounts of accommodations for um, things that we've never experienced before. And, um, you know, this idea that we're not going to know what we're dealing with. I think until like the exact moment that we're dealing with it. Yes. Until it's here, that's right. <laughs> I think that's how it feels. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, you're not, we're not going to know that we're how to handle something until we have to. And then there, there, there needs to be like almost like every district has to set up at like a, an emergency task force um, that can meet at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. And and make a decision about something that's happening, um, because um, you're going to come across things that you've never seen before, and it's all going to happen. It's this everything we're experiencing is happening for the first time in any you know any time in history that's been properly recorded. You know we don't know how they handled the Black Death. You know, there wasn't CNN and Politico and The Hill and all of these other are Vox. And like there wasn't explainer videos on YouTube about how they handled, um, you know, 25 percent of the population of Europe dying. Um, You know, so we don't know. We don't know what happened then. And, you know, so we don't know what's going to happen now. Uh, We have no idea. And anyone who thinks they do they do have an idea of what's going to happen is just completely lying to you. I like the ideas that were shared uh, on Twitter by Corey Graham, who I've mentioned on this show about 56,000 times. Uh, But she is an alumni of a school in Iowa, a university, sorry, in Iowa called Luther College. And anyway, that school has already put out a statement of what they're going to do next year. And one of the things, the accommodations that they're going to make is the first month of school, uh, the freshman class that's incoming. And I really like this part are actually going to attend physically to the school, but nobody else is for that first month so that they can actually, you know, physically be away from each other. But that's, I remember going my freshman year to college and it was so important for me to go there, to be uh, physically there and also to be part of the culture of the school and learn what it was to be a university student versus just a high school student, learn how to, manage yourself you know as far as mm-hmm. uh and doing all of those things so i thought that that was a very smart move and then that first month for um i'm not sure if it was all the students but they are going to have a flexible schedule basically kind of like a j term or a may term at some different universities that currently have those types of things where they're going to have one course that the students take over a four-week period and dave you had brought up some really good points about that that could also there's some issues with that too, you know, as far as that specific, uh, you know, type of scheduling, you know, to try to yeah. cram basically a whole semester. Ta- taking a 16 week term or an 18 week term, depending on your system and, and condensing it down into eight weeks is a challenge and is rigorous on the student end and on the faculty end is rigorous. Like we're pulling our hair out sometimes depending on what type of, of course it is, but then to take that and slide it down one more time, and I guess it's equivalent to what we do in the summer. 
um, where you take four very intense weeks or five very intense weeks, and that is the full semester. Yes. But um, summer courses are generally very specific courses. They are courses that don't require like that huge iteration cycle. I'm thinking like a writing class yes. would be so hard or, or any literature course where there's either reading or the, the synthesis and reflection of information outside of, of class, outside of lecture would just be so difficult to be able to do um, that rapid fire. What do we think? What do we? What do we think of this? What is that bike? Oh, that's the CDC guidelines. I see it. I see it. Okay. Should you consider opening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. Do that. Bigger. Will reopening be consistent with applicable orders? Is the school ready? And then, oh, you go. Do not open. If they're all yes, you go to the next level with safeguards, and the next level. At least it's being put out. I think that's. I haven't specifically read through all of these things, Mike, but hmm. I mean, that's good that people, is this from the CDC? Yeah, this is, so what we're looking at, if you're listening to the podcast, because yes. this makes for really great listening, yeah, great audio. Um, yes. is, is, is the CD, the CDC guidelines for school opening. Wow. Um, and, and there is a decision-making tree, um, you know, uh, and and so the first stage is should you consider opening question mark will reopening be consistent with applicable state and local orders is the school ready to protect children and employees at higher risk for severe illness and are you able to screen students and employees upon arrival for symptoms and history of exposure that if part right there is that, a big, right i mean that is yeah. such a challenge imagine that everybody i mean we yeah. have 2400 high school students that come to our building right i mean i couldn't I, there's a way to do that i'm sure but Whoa. Well, I mean, just even thinking about it is highly stressful, you know? Oh yeah. That's crazy. You know, our friend, our friend mayor brought up uh, some clip where it was a student walking into school and it took less than 30 seconds um, for them to go through the entire process for this, this student to go through the entire process. It was a young child and it was a temperature check and a mass change and spraying something down somewhere. Uh, and even if we had, that runs so well and we could do that for everyone, would the parents and would the opinionated communities actually do it? Mm. Right. The vocal, the vocal minority of you can't impose my, impinge on my freedom by checking my temperature. I don't know. Until you close, until you make me wear a mask in Costco. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know if it's a minority though. I, I feel like it's a, like it's an equal group people that believe in this and people that are ready to just you think say, so let's move on oh god oh yeah. well, that's how in crazy america States, is. wisconsin <laughs> just opened yeah wisconsin there was people out going to the bars and Go, that, free that bars. Was, yeah that was kind of against their will didn't and, that yeah. was opened by the courts yep yeah yep and in minnesota we're opening up on sunday and, and sure Mon Monday we open news, some, right? and then yeah, Monday we open some, and then June first yeah. we open a little bit more. And I'm sure people are going to push it to the extremes. extreme edge. 
I'm sure that I, I already know that at, you know restaurants, bars, and whatever might be though they say they can only serve up to half capacity or whatever whatever that number is. Um, there's just some people that uh, honestly there was okay. I went to go buy some plants today. I didn't really even want to go to this store. It was uh, a you left the house national chain okay of of uh, hardware stores, but they have plants and seeds and everything else, those kinds of things. And there was a man who was laughing at my wife and I because we were wearing the masks. I mean, I'm just like, this is where we're at. This is like, I mean, this is like, I, 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 there is no discussion. There's no middle ground. This is, you are on one side of this as far as believing that this even is something that we should be concerned about. And obviously I'm in the other because I don't, I'm super uncomfortable even being in the store definitely going to be wearing a mask just to try to see if I could stay, hopefully be able to stay safe and keep my family safe. But yeah, it's crazy. And no idea, no, not even a, an idea of, you know, you do you. And if you, right. I yeah. was laughing at that would you. Be fine. That would be fine. Right. If everybody right. was just kind of doing their own thing, you know, and, and, the, and everybody's like, you, you know, you're doing whatever you're doing. I'm going to do whatever I do. Let just, let just be good. Yeah. So, Wild. Yeah. Exactly. So, but along, but along so we already see. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say along that line on those bullet points is um, even if we could do it, even if you could do it and do it well, you're still gonna have parents. I feel that aren't going to be comfortable sending their children to school. So back to yes. that thing that you yes. about absenteeism, we're gonna have to be yes. ready to to face that because that's gonna be a thing. I, I like that the hardest one is first. Like, like I, I think they made this the right way in the sense that, um, you know, that last one in that first column, are you able to screen students and employees upon arrival for symptoms in history of exposure? So so the key one there is the hit also the history of exposure. That means that this is saying, can you do a coronavirus test and can you do an antibody test on every every student? every time they walk into the school crazy and if you yeah. can't do that you shouldn't be coming back to school there i i, I can't think of a single place in the united states of america that can do this right now yeah, i can't no, think of a no. single place in in canada that can do this business. right now not even businesses can no. or the highest government mm -hmm. levels you know maybe they can you know at a very small scale but yeah not at this point in time and so I'm and then after ready. that yeah after that, it's all a, a lot easier. I mean, it's still hard, but you know, if 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 that first one, you know, the, this idea of in, intensify cleaning, disinfection, and ventilation. I mean, um, I, I think that that's actually kind of a weird issue because I, I can tell you in an Ontario schools, and I imagine this is the case in most um, most schools. Most schools aren't air conditioned. Um, some high some high schools are a lot of high schools are because they're huge right but most uh, most Ontario public schools don't have air conditioning mm -hmm. um, the only the only schools that do are the um, the ones that are open year round so so mm -hmm. like she, it's funny that Cheryl always talks about year round schooling and the first thing she always brings up when we talk about it is it it, it would be too hot the schools aren't air conditioned even with the windows open it would be wait like it would be it would be 30 degrees 35 degrees 105 degrees fahrenheit in the classroom that's that's yeah. dangerous terrible 
right? I mean, that's not safe. Um, you know, so I don't think that a lot of schools are properly ventilated, probably um, in, in, and able to, you know, evacuate and, and recycle air. Um, I mean, we've all, well, in the, I was going to say we've all, but I don't know where, I can't remember where everyone lives, but if you've ever been in a school in the middle of winter with uh, young kids in their, in their, um, their snow pants and their winter boots and how disgusting the hallways smell. <laughs> That's how you know the schools aren't properly ventilated, friends. <laughs> just teach, just teach freshmen. Yeah. <laughs> just in general. <laughs> uh, Audrey is still probably listening, and she's probably getting bad memories of, of you know. Um, I think the rest of you all. I think I'm the. Am I the only other person that's taught that that taught ele- taught elementary? I taught elementary. Oh, did you? Oh, phew. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's disgusting, is what it is. Uh, <laughs> and you know what other one is interesting here because we've seen we're starting to see pictures of it now. Encourage social distancing through increased spacing, small groups, and limited mixing between groups if feasible. Have you seen these pictures online of the kids in the playground where they draw a freaking square on the tarmac and say, "This is your square." Mm. and you can only play in this square what kind of what kind of like physical yeah. activity what kind of recess is that what kind of it's like terrible. like it's it's awful and it's like this is your jail and <laughs> don't leave <laughs> don't so do not leave do not it is sad it's oh. incredibly sad the pictures are just so awful and it's like um you know i've seen these pictures of of you know here's your square and you're not allowed to leave it. And they do this in the classrooms, right? With tape around the desks. And they, they tape a, they tape around your desk. And that's your, that that's, your, that's your personal space. And you're not allowed to leave that personal space. What kind of life is that? What kind of... Like, like if that's school... what reality. Yeah. If that's school, what the hell? Like, really, are we doing? I, you know... I'm just throwing just sunshine on everything tonight. <laughs> well, <laughs> and then I think down. about how how are we going to be able to fit any, yes. any of the numbers into our classrooms? And that made me think of this um, this social distance classroom uh, kind of map that is put out by somebody, uh, David Custer from um, it's posted on GeoGebra, and I just tweeted it out on on Ed. Uh, podcast uh, Twitter handle and our good friend Andy Leisure had shared this on Facebook and you you can't fit the right number of circles in a classroom and everyone thinks like in their head they're, they can kind of think like okay it's this distance or whatever and, and we can do that and you can put a kid facing a wall or whatever but when you look at the actual circles there's just no way mm. oh my gosh it's awful it's yes. really bad. It's really bad, folks. I'll tell you, portal the the portable. I've said. I think I've said this before. The portable companies are the next industry that's going to make an absolute <laughs> killing. Like if you own shares in whatever companies are, if there's a public company that makes portable units for schools, that's a company to invest the hell in right now. Because <laughs> um, because if all of these schools can only fit you know, um, uh, 10 people in a classroom because of spacing, uh, you're going to need to, your, your whole, who cares if they only have a square because the whole rest of the field 
is going to be full of portables in every school. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's going to be crazy. It's going to be insane. The and where's the money going to come from? Uh, yeah. Right. Because, right. And we're cutting budgets. Yeah. Because, you know, DeVos just, uh, okay, yeah. I'm not going to go there. We we only have 11 minutes left. That's going to open up another. Listen, I can't. Diana's retiring and I don't work for a school board. So I'm the one. We're the ones that can talk, talk smack about our school districts and, and education system. We actually have the board of units right now because we're doing a building project and we moved all of our students out of the building into portable units while the building's being built because of because we're landlocked and so you had to tear the building down to build a new one. Yes. And uh, when you when you said that about portable units, I mean, I just got like little palpitations because they we moved that whole school into 18 portable units over spring break and nobody thought about the technology. Like nobody thought, oh, we've got to have switches and we have to have a phone system and we have to move all the smart boards. I mean, it was ridiculous. We did it, but when when you're talking about putting portables out you know because we have to socially distance people are going to have to think about that you've got to yes. have internet in those portables you have to have restroom capabilities or water i mean there's so much this is um we don't have a ton of time left yeah. but this was a really good question about um you know and i don't know what it's like in other districts and other areas i know that both my uh, so Isaac's teacher and Cheryl, who are uh, both teaching right now, uh, are actively um, simplifying their lessons and actively working to make um, what they're trying to teach as approachable and barrier free as possible. So, like, that's why Cheryl did a um, device-less coding lesson, because she's like, I need every kid to be able to do this. Nice. Um, cool. And and so that means that I'm getting um, I, I'm using the floor of my entranceway of the house and and I drew she drew little arrows on squares for code. And that's the coding lesson. And it's brilliant. But it means that, you know, you have to simplify things. You have to make things approachable and easy to use right now. Easy to do because parents are doing so much right now yes. that. You know, if you are, imagine you're the parent of a kindergarten and a grade one and like a grade two student, none of them can do school on their own. They all need help. And you have a job and you, you know, heaven forbid, you want to relax too um, and de-stress. I mean, this is a lot. And so making things simple, like I think that we, I think that the one of the biggest rules teachers can play in this um you know as one uh, as one of the roles of like the the taking one for the team type idea is we've got to really do a service to our parents mm-hmm. um realizing that we've got to use the skills and knowledge we have about lesson design and pedagogy to to really hone our craft our lesson designing to make it as easy as possible for parents to help their kids learn what i don't want though mike is simplicity to be turned into and now i'm going to use a worksheet Worksheet. because because it's understand because anybody can understand that do you know what i mean so everybody has been there has 
is experienced with it, doesn't matter if you're a teacher or not, you understand the concept of a worksheet. You fill it in. <laughs> There's some directions, you actually fill it in. And what we don't want is that, but what we do want is kind of like what your, the take that your wife basically had on coding, which was, I'm gonna make this accessible to anybody, easy to be able to replicate in an environment without a specific device, but yet a high level of learning. It's something where you can now use, like it's something that's applicable and then you're going to be able to take for future, you know, uh, learnings and lessons instead of it being just some work that you're just filling out just to pass the time. Um, just wanted to make sure I said that because I, I, I know that some people take simple as in, I'm going to go to the lowest common denominator, which is a worksheet to fill yeah, simple in. and mailing it in aren't the same thing. Yeah. Right. right. And I think something else, something that I have seen a lot of, and I will admit they, the Bitmoji virtual classrooms, they're super cool. They look really pretty. Oh. If you've seen them on Twitter, um, I've seen those and I've seen just other lesson plan templates out there that have great, beautiful backgrounds and just lots of boxes. But honestly, sometimes I, and I feel like I'm kind of smart, but when I look at them, it takes me a half a minute to figure out what's going on. Yes. Some of our kids don't have half a minute right. before they reach that frustration level. No. Right. And a lot of our kids, especially our younger ones, but even my high schoolers, we need to make lessons where they can get on it and they can see one, two, not that you have to actually use one, two, or three, but it needs to be, we need to think about just the visual design of what we're doing too, that it's attractive, but not so overly busy that especially when we come back in the fall and teachers have all these beautiful things that they want to do online that kids are going to not know where to start and be feel that overwhelmed feeling right away. Well, and there's some, there's some visual design principles that are, are mm -hmm. instructionally researched and like Richard Mayer is just like probably one of the, the, best resources out there to, to go search around it. And there's different principles that really guide things. But when people don't consider that, and we, we really think about just like, I want to make it pretty, I want to make it cute, I want to make it TPT friendly. Um, those things are, are what's going to kill it, especially when we start thinking about accessibility. Um, and the cost of making resources accessible is so much more expensive if you do it at the end, whereas if you started off at the beginning and you're designing in an accessible way, then it, the, the cost is, is nothing because you've, you've built everything to include that. And that goes from making it pretty to like what headers and what text sizes and, and not just like, I'm gonna change the size to make it look pretty, but using the actual pieces that most people have never learned about because they aren't, education specific it's it's more like publishing specific yes totally so what's going on this week anyone got anything good going on anything happening anything exciting mm -hmm. yeah. the weekend how about you guys uh graduation is tomorrow 
Oh, wow. How so, are you guys doing it? Tell us real so quick. what we're going to do, because the school is not officially allowed to do anything. So the senior parents have a, the school is having a virtual video yeah. and all the kids got to do a little video, take a picture. And we're doing that. The senior parents have planned for all of the graduates to line main street, both sides in their caps and gowns. And then the rest of the community can then cruise main street, oh. yell congratulations, <laughs> throw cards Cute. or gifts. Hopefully we don't injure anyone. Um, parade. It's so like a reverse like, parade. It, it is parade. a reverse parade, parade because nebraska's guidelines are we cannot have a parade because that Mm. was one idea that we had was we'll do like a rodeo arena everyone will be separated and we'll have you know kids on floats no so it's not a parade it's around nebraska it's a cruise that is the hip (laughs) new word right now is everyone's doing cruises so that's it's a cruise it's a cruise we used to call that when I was uh, in high school. We, yeah, we, we used to cruise around all the time, too. That Roll was around all the time. Favorite Friday mm-hmm. night activity. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't cool enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> I played video games. Um, games weren't invented when I was in high school, Mike. <laughs> maybe, maybe Pong. If um if if Tisha Rich Tisha Richmond is still watching, I wanted to shout her out. She's been doing some great work uh, on her podcast. Lots of good episodes, new new outros, new intros, new music, all of the, lots of new stuff awesome. on her podcast. Um and and um uh lots of lots of good guests, including me. Ha ha ha! Self promotion hashtag self promotion <laughs> hashtag Mr. Washburn. Right. <laughs> so should listen to, to Richmond's podcast. The other people, necessarily me. Um, and, and I, I guess I, I'm excited. I'm gonna be on. Um, I'm gonna be on teachers. I'm finally a teachers on fire. So so that's exciting too. Um, finally, Tim Cavey has decided I'm cool enough to be a teacher on fire. So uh, I'm. Uh, I'm excited to be on his podcast. Tisha Richmond wants all of you on her show. Would you like to have all of us at, at the, the same, same time? time? Could, could you could you handle this? She's like, I do it. She's too nice for all of us. <laughs> she, she is, is super nice. She'd lose her mind. Yeah. Um, like we still have half the team that's not even here too. So. Right, right. We're nine. Yes. We're we'll nine people. So you can, I don't know if you can handle that. Um, so lots going on. Uh, the Minecraft Education Podcast should be out next week too. That's All right. exciting. And actually, I'm gonna play. See, I'm I'm really good at self promotion, uh, Diana. The, 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 the... You as self promoting. I don't know. You don't. You don't bother. I, it's lots of work, man. It's work. Uh, the the talks talks the participate podcast talks. Uh, first episode is literally coming out in an hour. Um, oh. You know, the moment I'm done um, talking to you folks, I am going to be hopping on Art 19 and pushing the first episode. It is uh, an interview with all of our mutual friend, Noah Geisel. Oh, so awesome. um, it, it it's great. It sounds awesome. I'm so excited for people to hear it because uh, it's it's fantastic. Um, so uh, be on the lookout for a tweet from me very soon uh, about the talks podcast because uh, I'm I'm really excited about it and I hope everyone likes it. 
Uh, I think our next guest, actually, interestingly enough, the next guest on Talks uh, next month is Tacey Trowbridge. (laughs) With our guest this week. And then I think the guest after that is Michael Bonner. um, Who's also coming up on On Education Mm -hmm. in a couple weeks. So there's lots going on. Lots going on. Lots of reasons to, to watch and listen and all the other ways that you interact with us this team of people, these brilliant people that we get to talk with on Friday nights. Um, I think that that's it. It was a great show. It's all the self-promotion I have. Is that okay? (laughs) I don't know how an hour passes by so fast. I know that was awesome. So thanks everybody for watching. Thanks. uh, Please uh, continue talking to us on Twitter. Um, we'll, uh, and we'll, we'll keep, uh, talking back and, uh, join us next week, uh, for chat on education live. We'll see you soon. Bye.